So this morning I've entitled unless, that's my kind of word for the year, unless, and I will unpack that as we go. Now, I am quite excited about this year, probably more excited than I've been about a new year coming for many years, not just because COVID is further behind, but because I have a sense that God is going to do something with us this year. Now, there are two things last year that I just mentioned in the announcements that I want to pick up on. There were two things that were significant for me. One was this, that when I took on the church, I was always told people will do nothing unless the pastor asks them to do it. And I don't like that. Because I don't think it's my job to tell you what you should be doing. I think we should be hearing God and saying, this is what God wants me to do. And we have seen over the last year a massive increase of people who've just come up and said, you know what, I feel I should do this. Yeah, Margaret's come up and said, intercession ministry. Yatunde's come and said, I want to do evangelism. Yeah, Liz has said, I want to do some Zoom prayer groups. Folks that God is speaking to, and I'm excited about that, because there's something, oh, that's Sharon Monk, we need to pray for her at the end. Um, you know, there is something about when people are willing. If you read through the Old Testament, and let me encourage you, we're on the 1st of January, takes you 20 minutes a day and you've read through the whole Bible, put it in your diary to do. In the Old Testament, when God did something, people always were willing. You saw it when they built the tabernacle. You saw it when they built the temple. Whenever they needed something, it was as many as God moved their hearts. And I've been so encouraged this last year in 2022, how many people have just moved in their hearts, said, I want to do this. And I wonder how many more of you are sitting here that have something in your heart. Because it's not about doing something in this building God may want you to do a ministry that's in your workplace, that is somewhere else, that's doing something different. And that's why I think it's not about the pastor telling people what to do, because God has a better idea of what ministry he wants you to be involved in. So that's, that's the first kind of significant event last year. The second one was we meet on a Tuesday evening for an hour, and one week we pray, and one week we study the Bible together. And towards the end of last year, all of a sudden, the numbers increased and there were people in it who said, you know what, I am not happy with the way things are spiritually. I want more of God. And I'm sitting there going, hey, I like this. And for a couple of weeks, there was this discussion that was ongoing. We need more of God. We're hungry for God. But there was also a recognition that... What are we willing to allow it to cost us? And that's out of that is where the prayer and fasting has come. That God is doing something within our church and those two movements, a willingness and a hunger for God, have the potential to totally transform our church. Now, I'm excited about that. We mistakenly think that we are waiting for God to do something, but I think God is always ready. I mean, let's be honest. Since God created the world, the Bible says he's finished his work. God is waiting for us. And that's where the unless comes from. 
unless we move in faith, nothing will change. You know, it's like the person who watches the uh, recorded football match hoping that the score will change the second time round. It won't. The word unless is really apt for our current season because it carries a sense of we need to do something. There needs to be an activity from us. And it also carries a warning. Well, unless you do this, then that will happen. My wife said to me this morning, I was sitting in my office at home, and she said, when the beeper goes, get the potatoes and strain them out and turn the um, gas off. Now, had I not done that, there would be a smell of burning, yeah, and I would be in big trouble. But you get the idea with unless, unless we do something, it ushers in something else. Now, the starting point for unless, and I love this, is always God. Psalm 127, um, I'm reading from verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. You get this idea that unless God is behind it, it's a total waste of time. And you know what? It's really easy in our Christian life to follow tradition and ritual that maybe has nothing more of God in it. There are many successful churches who are not necessarily doing what God wants them to do, but they are doing what they have planned and programmed through business practices and principles and skills that they have. It's about hearing God. Nothing finds success without God, and I have to kind of define that. It's success in terms of God, not in terms of the world. You know, Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he very quickly had a following of four to 5,000 people at least that were following him around. There are some that would say maybe it was ten to 15,000 people. And yet... Jesus chose to put his energy into 12 people. Think about that for a moment. I mean, Jesus could have said, you know what, guys? Let's buy that building, put on Jesus Emmanuel Ministries. We've got 15,000 people. We can raise a shed load of money through a number of offerings, and we can begin to do some amazing things. Did Jesus do that? No, he didn't. He said, I need 12 people. 12 people who are willing... Twelve people who are hungry for God, and they're going to change the world. Twelve people. But the starting point is always with God, unless God. And that's why we want to spend this time, before we invest in what we're doing this year, what's God saying? And I pray that for you as well. I don't know what you're looking for this year in God, but wouldn't it be great over this next 21 days that you come out of it with a prophetic word from God and you say, I know what I'm about. I know what my focus is this year. I know what my goal is. If you're anything like me, I've got more tasks on my task list than I have hours in the day to complete. 
What does that mean? It means I've got to prioritize with what I think is important, and that is linked to our goals or what we feel God is saying. And yet the unless means unless God does it, but it also applies to us because if we don't act in it as well, then it's not going to work either. Luke 13 says, you will all perish unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. The unless here is basically saying if we don't do anything, then it stops God from doing something. The whole of scripture you will find so many examples, uh, pardon me, about the unless. Unless we act on what God says, nothing will change. Now, another word that we could use instead of unless is if. And there is an amazing scripture that we all know about if. Listen to this from 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. What an amazing promise, hey? But you see the, the if in there, if my people. It's contingent on us doing something that God has promised that he will work in, but we need to be active. It's a, it's a partnership. What I love about God is, I mean, let's be honest, God could save the whole world a lot better than we could. I mean, he could, couldn't he? I mean, you hear the testimonies, especially in nations where no Christians are allowed, where it's Islamic, um, and you hear people about having visions of Jesus and dreams of Jesus, and they're getting saved. I mean, Jesus is doing a good job. The worst place in the world to get saved is the Western world. If you go to India, salvation is moving at a massive rate of knots, as it is in China, but the West, it's shrinking. I wonder why that is. Because God wants to partner with you and me. He's the senior partner. This is why we are called Christ's body. Where is Christ? Well, he's the head of his body. Let me ask you a question. Does your head do the washing up when you've had dinner? Anybody shove their head in the bowl and do the washing up? Sponge in your mouth and then shh. You know, you have a body... Because your body needs to do what the head is saying and work together. And we are Christ's body. And there is an amazing thing that if we do not do what the head is telling us to do, it will not get done. We are essential to fulfilling God's purposes because the head cannot do it alone. Now, Jesus has chosen, now pardon me for using this word, but he's chosen to hamper himself by including us. But what a privilege for us. Each one of us here this morning, just, just think about it for a moment. Each one of us, we are part of Jesus' body. We're called to be part of his body. Some are hands, some are feet, some are eyes, some are ears, some are mouth. Every part has a function, some a heart. So God initiates, but we need to follow his lead 
and the result will be that we will fulfill Christ's purposes on the earth through us. I wonder, it's one of my speculations at the start of this year, I wonder how this year will finish if we as a body of Christ together will follow hard after God. I wonder what we'll see happen. I wonder what testimonies, I mean it's really great hearing testimonies. I love it when people come and share what God is doing. Imagine how many testimonies we'll have as we follow hard after God this year. Now there's one thing missing here. And the thing that's missing is the what. Well, yeah, I want to do what God wants me to do, and I want to be faithful, I want to be committed, but what am I supposed to do? Now, there's a scripture in Matthew, Matthew 4, and it's a quote from the Old Testament, and this is Jesus, and he says this, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the idea is this, that every day we eat food that sustains us, yeah? We have our cereals and we eat our tiger bread. Very bad for you, but it's lovely. Uh, we eat all of the, the nice food. We've had roast turkey and whatever else you've eaten. But Jesus is saying, in the same way that we do that... We live from God's word to us. Now, the actual Greek word for that, I've said this before, is a word called rima. There are two Greek words for our single English word, word. And one of those meanings for the English word, word, is logos, which means something that is written down, something that's decreed. And the other one, rima, is about a prophetic now word. You know when you get a word in season? Have you ever had a conversation with somebody or you've picked up your Bible, you've been reading, and all of a sudden, bang, between your eyes, God says something that is relevant for right now. That's Rima. And Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every Rima that proceeds out of God's mouth. What does that mean? Well, it means this, that God wants to speak a Rima to you. I mean, it's something that I repented of actually last year because my whole life I've lived by Rima. Everything I've done in my life from marrying my wife has been done because God has spoken a word. And I've noticed in becoming a pastor and leading a church and having an income that all of a sudden I have neglected the Rima. I've just gone on, well, this is how we're supposed to do church. This is tradition that we do. This is how we have our program. This is what we... And all of a sudden, you know, God said to me last year, you need to get back to living by Arima. And I want to encourage you this morning. God wants you to live by Arima word. He wants to speak to you a prophetic word. I mean, Gene's um, testimony this morning was about that. That actually, it was God speaking to her in a dream that got her out of bed and got her to celebrate Christmas and the joy of it. And how did it come? Because of a rima. It was a now word from God. You know, we've got people who've got cancer. Uh, Sharon Monk's in hospital. They've now found cancer in her liver. It's not nice. Viola, she's in hospital because she's struggling to breathe and they're linking that to cancer. Granville, he's got chemo this week. We need some Rima words here. You know, it's, not, it's really important that we pray about those things, but it's not just about the praying, it's about, well, what's God saying? You know, people came to Jesus and Jesus spoke a Rima over them. 
He says, be healed. And the power of that word healed the person. Can you imagine if we every day were going out with Rima? When people come to us in the workplace and they say something, and all of a sudden in you there is this Rima word of God saying, hey, why don't you say that to them? I'm amazed uh, when I step out and say to people, I'm going to pray for you, how they'll come back and say, you know what, that was amazing. Can you do that again? That shifted something. Had a call from a guy, he's had a really tough year. And he's had esophagus cancer, he's got another cancer, now his knee's packed up, he's been in hospital over Christmas, they're not able to deal with the pain, it's all not working, etc. He said, I'll pray for you. He called back two days later, he says, carry on praying, he says, because things are shifting. You see, we have been given a power by God because we're partners with God. He's the head and he will speak to us and he will lead us and guide us through those things. God supplies. Now, some of it is about us listening. Now, I don't know about you. Anybody here find it difficult to just spend some quiet time listening to God? I mean, I do. There's too much stuff on the go. To actually slow down for a moment and say, you know, God, I'm here. I'm listening to you. Uh, I was, I was going to do something, but it would probably depress me, but I'll throw it out because I want to depress everybody this morning. <laughs> Not really, but have a think, just a really rough think, about how many hours of TV you've listened to in 2022 and compare it to how many hours you spent listening to Jesus. I kind of think, you know what? Now, I'm not a big TV watcher, but it's easy to have the noise in the background. And how much intentional time do I give to hear Jesus? What's Jesus saying to me today? What's he asking of me? You see, I don't think it's difficult to hear God. I think what is difficult is turning down all the other noise. That's the hard thing. We've got to learn to switch those things off. A.W. Tozer said, we must give time to God. And maybe the challenge that we have is that we're not giving God the time that we know we should and therefore we're not hearing very clearly what he wants us to do. Now, there are also going to be people here where you know what God wants you to do. I know there are some of you here who've had a really clear word yep, over the years. I remember with um, Sam, sorry to pick you out, but you're a warrior. God spoke that word, but sometimes we look at those words and we say, you know what, this is crazy. Who am I? I can't do this. This is impossible, but let me ask you, do you think God will ask you to do something that is impossible? Well, I think he will. You look at the, the, the celebration we've just had, and you've got Mary, hey, you're going to have a child. Uh, no. Hey, Joseph, you're going to marry Mary. Uh, no. God spoke something and asked them to do something as they trusted God. It worked out according to his plan. And we need to make sure that we recognize a couple of things. Firstly, God will only ever tell you something that is impossible. And the reason he will do that is because the resource is not in you, it's in God. 
Everything we do, we need to draw on the power of Jesus Christ, not on our own gifts and ability. We need to draw onto him and then we will see a flow in it. If you'd, I know I've said this too many times before. If you would have seen me at school or when I was first preaching in church, man, you'd be laughing your head off. You'd be saying, Oi, don't give up your day job. But I've learned over the years as I'm preparing how to draw it out of Jesus. How to rely on Jesus. I pray, you know, every week I pray for an anointing. I say, Lord, anoint me as I speak. And very often I've got all my notes here, but other stuff starts coming that I didn't even think about that God gives me to say. And I think, wow, that's really good. I wish I'd have thought of that. Because that's how the Holy Spirit works. Open your mouth and I will fill it. And so the challenge for us as the people of God is to give God time. You know, time is the real currency of your life. Did you know that? It's not money. The currency of your life is time because time is what it costs you to live. Whenever you give somebody time, you're giving them something of your life because at the end of it, your life is shorter. I mean, money, money's money. And we can give God time. Now, there are two things I need to finish. Two things. In 30 plus years of ministry, there are two things that I've come across again, time and time again, that will determine, and I'm not saying this prophetically, I'm saying this as a fact, that will determine the spiritual growth, development, and fervor of a believer. Two things. Number one, it's regularly reading the Bible. Reading this, and by regularly I mean maybe five days in a week. This book, even though it looks like it's quite hefty, in one year you can read through this dead easy. It takes you 15 to 20 minutes a day. 10 minutes in the morning, two chapters. 10 minutes in the evening, two chapters. And by the end of the year, you'll have read the whole book. That's the first thing. Second thing that is determinative is a daily time of prayer. Now, we know those things, don't we? Really. But if we read the Bible and pray every day, I guarantee you, you will grow spiritually and you will move forward. You will not lose your passion for God. You will hear him speaking to you and you will know more and more of what he is saying to you. Where I find people flag is when I talk to them and I say, hey, so how's your, your Bible reading going? How's your prayer? Oh, I don't have time to do that. And as soon as I hear that, my heart sinks. That's like saying, you know what? I don't have time to eat food, but I'm feeling really weak. Link there, maybe. Spiritually, I'm not hearing God. Don't know what God's saying. You're reading your Bible and praying. Well, no. Well, maybe there's a link there. Jesus wants to encourage you. Jesus wants you to be effective. He's got a plan for you. But all it comes down to is our willingness to make time. And unless we do so, we lose out. Now, we've had so many testimonies in this church where we've made an effort to do something and people said, you know what? God spoke. Do you remember when we did the soap studies? 
we went through teaching me to do soap studies, and so many people came and said, you know what, God speaks to me when I'm doing these soap studies. But are we still doing something like that to hear God? It's a challenge of time. And the thing that I would say to you is going to be your biggest difficulty is that you need to be intentional. I have a diary or a journal, whatever you want to call it. I have uh, a calendar on my computer that stuff goes into. I have another program that has all the tasks I need to do. And stuff that needs to get done, I put in there. Yeah. My Bible reading and prayer, because I have done it so regularly over so many years, it is now a habit that I don't have to add that in. But if it's something that you find you struggle with, you need to put an alarm in there that tells you to do that. You know, we've got these amazing smartphones that can wake you up at all hours of the day. To put something in, say, hey, you know what, I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier just so I can read my Bible and pray. And that act alone will transform your life this year. And if you know what God's called you to, well, we hit this little thing, faith. You know, Hebrews 4 says that these people didn't manage to achieve what they wanted because they didn't mix it with faith. We need to mix it with faith. And faith comes through hearing Christ and through his word. And so all of these things are connected now, time is gone, but I want to mention one more thing. God has called you to be part of this church. If you feel that this is where God has placed you, then there is a job for you to do here. It's not my role to tell you what that job is, and that job isn't from a list of jobs that we create because we have stuff to do in the building. Yeah, there are things. But God has a calling on your life where he wants you to be effective. And when you discover that, or if you've already discovered that, that's only half the story. Because everything needs development. You know, if you look at the disciples that Jesus chose, the 12 who became the apostles, the first time they went out, they didn't do too good a job. You know, whenever God asked them to do stuff, they seemed to fluff it up a bit, especially Peter. I mean, he had great gusto, but man, that Jesus had to say to him even, hey, Satan, get behind me. But that made him feel great. The point is this, that we need training, we need development, we need to help one another, we need to grow. And all of these things, they happen in conversation. I'm amazed at how many people are changed by simply having a conversation. And so I'll mention more next week because time is gone, but I want to offer you, because that's my role, my role. God has given me a gift. I am pretty good at sitting down with people and not telling them what to do, but having a conversation where they discover what God wants them to do. I'm not leading the conversation. I'm not telling, I'm asking questions and they are processing that through, and God begins to speak in it. We all have different gifts, and I want to say to you, that's what I'm here for. Ephesians 4 says that the Ephesians 4 gifting is here to equip the body for works of service. So my job is to equip you. All of our core team, our job is to equip you. Not for us to do it, but to equip you. If we do it, we failed. 
Because the only way the church will grow is if every part is doing the work it should. And so I want to say to you, if you have a sense of, you know, God's called me to do this, but I don't know where to go from there, come, let's have a conversation. I'm not going to say, hey, yeah, just go and do it. I'm going to sit down and we will have a conversation that where you will work out how you're going to do it. And if you don't know what you feel God is saying, well, we can explore that as well. So I want to encourage you today, this year, I honestly believe God is going to ramp up the momentum this year. I think the hour is late. I'm not going to start talking about Jesus coming next year because I don't know when he's coming. But I do know that the hour is late. Our world is getting darker. Laws are changing rapidly. And scripture has this. Jesus said, let us work while it is still light because night is coming when no one can work. And so we need to do the work that we are called to do. And I want to encourage you, if you want to have a coffee with me, uh, I am available. If you just want to have a chat, say, Simon, I'm interested in all of this, but I don't know where to go. Well, let's just have a conversation. I'd love to have a coffee with you. And the reason that I'm throwing that out individually is because in church life, we often preach or teach to the whole group, but with, there's no one size fits all. Every prophet in the Bible was different. Every teacher, every gift works out differently. There are some commonalities, but I would love to sit with you and say, how can I help you? How can I serve you so that this year you get to the end of the year and think, wow, God, you are amazing. Because that would encourage me because it means I'm doing my job. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you. I thank you because you love us. And Father, I want to thank you. You love every single person in this building. Everyone who follows you. Everyone who hears you. Everyone whose heart is for you. You love us. And Father, I pray that more than anything, we would just know that sense of his love. We don't have to do anything to receive that love. He loves us. But Father, I pray as well that you would begin to speak to us. I want to pray that we would have visions and dreams. I pray that when we read the Bible that it would speak to us. I pray that the words would stand out on the page. Father, I pray you'd confirm your word to us and that you would lead us into the work you have for us. And I want to commit to you this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're starting and asking, Father, would you help us? And I pray that in each heart you would place what we're supposed to do to put ourselves in a position of hearing and humility. And so, Father, bless your people. I pray this would be our greatest year yet. And so, Lord, we thank you and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.